Are we on? Am I back? Because we're nothing if not professional here. I have no idea what's going on in my own show. You know, I'll be sitting here just, you know, uh, cussing, chasing chasing a, a bug around the room. And they go, you're on. I go, I'm on? I thought I was... Scotch, scotch, scotch. I think, I think, yeah, I think <laughs> when I'm on a break... Okay, when I'm on a break, I'm on. And when I'm on, I think I'm on a break. So this is a let us some odd show. Do you need one of those little on-air things that we could switch on and off? You know what? I, can, wall, some, you for know? my birthday, could someone let's, please give me yeah, like an on-air on thing? Yeah, Say on podcast. Speaking of on podcast, ladies and gentlemen, right now, uh, uh, calling in uh, from parts unknown, uh, we have uh, someone who we have immediately become a fan of because we um, we like to check out who we're going to have on the show if we don't know who they are. Oftentimes, we know who they are. We hadn't met uh, this comedian before, and so we checked her out and uh, bust out funny. Marina Franklin, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Can you hear us a little better now? Yes. Okay, good. You know why? You know why? Because I turned microphones on. So, uh, uh-huh. the, you know, that's the other thing I forget to do sometime where I'll broadcast is turn on the microphones. So, uh, But, you know, it makes for fascinating listening for conspiracy theorists because they go, why is he talking so quiet? Is he sending code? Marina, is this your first time in Phoenix? Your first time at Rick Brunson's House of Comedy? It's my first time at the House of Comedy and in Phoenix. It's not my first time in Arizona. Ah, you've been to Arizona? Yeah, I have, I have a, a, what I call, I have a white family here. Um, because I used, to, I used to work with her in New York City, and her whole family moved here. Um, and I would go and spend holidays with them. They're like, they're really close to me. But they moved here and they retired. Marge, her name is Marge. Marge. You're friends with someone named Mar- you know. The, I think I think if you look in the uh, if you really kind of look at the uh, the databases, the Census Bureau, there's only three women left in the world named Marge. <laughs> yeah. I know when I say her name, people are like, "Do they still get that name?" Out? Yeah, <laughs> and one of them is a cartoon. So, uh, <laughs> so you've been to Arizona before to visit Marge, okay? Mm-hmm. But this is your first time doing uh, uh, entertaining the troops, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. And you're from New York? I guess I was doing a college course, Tennessee, Arizona State University. That's where I was, yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah, sure. That's right That's right down the road from where we are as we speak at this moment. Uh, we're glad you're here. You know, uh, we, uh, we, I especially watched your uh, Stephen Colbert uh, uh, set, and it just uh, cracked me up. But you were originally... Oh, thank you. You were originally from New York City? No, I am originally from Chicago, Illinois. Um, and then I moved to New York, and that's where I actually started comedy was in New York City. I didn't start in Chicago, but yeah, Chi Town. I'm a Chi Town girl. Did you move to New York to start doing comedy, or was it like a job thing that just took you to New York? And you went, hey, I'm going to try this. Well, it was more like I, you know, what happened was I went to graduate school in Syracuse, so I'm educated, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I I got a degree, a master's in fine arts in theater. So I was I thought I could do acting, but um I'm I found out I'm not really a good listener when it comes to that. But so what happened was I moved to New York City and I tried my hand at acting and I would do all those backstage auditions and it just wasn't happening. Um and so I'm one of those self I, I make things happen. If it's not happening, I'm gonna create it for myself. And stand up was one of those opportunities. To do your own stories, which is what I was. I was a storyteller. Sure. Well, I actually moved to New York. You know, I had a, a roommate who actually I would tell all these stories about my grandma moved from Chicago, and he was always laughing. And then he asked me if I wanted to move in with him and the village for four hundred dollars. The village for four hundred bucks. 
I, you ain't gonna get a better price. No, you, you know what? That's the only four hundred dollar. Yeah, so- sounds a little fishy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I I used to in the '80s. I used to I used to stay in I used to stay in New York. I used to stay at a uh, a crack hotel on 49th called the Carter Hotel. And in the '80s, that was more than four hundred bucks. So um, <laughs> my hat my well, hat. I think you know what his uncle had owned that um, place. <laughs> like the, the crack hotel or the <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, his uncle actually owned that uh, hotel. No. <laughs> uh. the part of the eye stated his uncle had had and uh, he had passed away and I could bring it down but that's what happened and so he probably the great, I was probably saying gotcha hey I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna ask you uh, something right now it, it's kind of weird to ask you but we, we you're starting to cut out a little bit are you in the space where uh, are you, where are you right now <laughs> I'm in what they call the comedy condo. I'm going to go outside. You go out on the patio. You might die in the heat. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little hot out there. I have to die in the heat for you. (laughs) All right. Oh, it's not that bad today. See, that sounds better. better? You know what? It is better. Yeah. Um... And and I, I I don't wanna I, I don't want you to sell. It's not bad today. I, it's only like 103 right now. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad you think that's not bad. We yeah, we still I'm do. Joking. Yeah. That was my Midwestern. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's yeah. not bad. That's, <laughs> a, that's know, from Chicago. Yeah. yeah. You know, in Chicago, when it gets to be 103, that's hot. I went over to Mom's. Do you know what? I'm surprised you didn't say Marge like Marge. I grew up in St. Louis, so. Um, uh, I'm 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 highly familiar with uh, uh, Chicago. I spent a lot. I you know, went to Chicago. Went up there a lot. Cleveland, etc. You have like a very distinct. So is that a theatrically trained voice? Because you have a wonderful voice. I mean, it, it, it reaches everyone. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Is because I I grew up in Chicago in Highland Park. Yeah. Uh. Raised by white people or wolves, whichever you want to put it. <laughs> then I moved to the south side of Chicago, which is a black neighborhood, so I'm bilingual. But what happened? <laughs> I'll give you time to laugh. But yeah, we I did. Moved. We did. We laughed. <laughs> <laughs> then I moved to New York City. What happens is you become non-regional because you you get there and it's like the accent goes away. Whatever you had in Chicago, it's gone. So it just like I don't have one, but I can do characters now. I think what I think what gets rid of everyone's accent when they move to New York is the first time you eat a hot dog off of a cart in Times Square, it does something to the vocal cords. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, the, the meat on the street. Meat on yeah. the street. I like that. I, I took my wife to New York for the first time not too long ago. Uh, we uh, it was her first trip, and uh, we went and saw a Broadway show. We stayed in a great hotel. We went to museums. You know, we did all we did all this highfalutin grown up stuff, and then I stopped her to go. You got to eat a hot dog off a cart, <laughs> or you haven't really had a New York. You haven't had my New York experience because when I used to stay in New York, it was like you know the game you played in your hotel room was uh, uh, you know uh, uh, throw a cigarette butt at the roach and then um, <laughs> then go down and eat street meat off of a cart. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so, they're tough in New York. They don't mind. They don't know where their meat comes from. They don't care. They, 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 we don't care where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's cooked. I don't care what it is. Is it meat? Because I don't like vegetables. Do you, <laughs> do you live in the city now? I live in Harlem, New York. Live in where? So that's 
Harlem, New York is where I live. Harlem. Okay. Yeah, it's that- changed. It's very gentrified now, so you can go. <laughs> it's not like Harlem Nights, that movie from the 80s or whatever. Oh, not even that movie was like what Harlem was like when it was Okay. <laughs> no, you know, Harlem was... No, I moved to Harlem when it was like on that, still on the cusp of change. It was, it was still rough. It was very... I didn't even actually live in my apartment. I stayed with my boyfriend because I was scared. I lived in... Because in, in, um, I moved from the village because that apartment they had to give up. And I moved to Harlem, and then um, I saw that place, and I was like, "This is scary for me." And then <laughs> I, um, I stayed with my Haitian boyfriend for way too long, just simply because I didn't want to stay where I was. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> now it's fine. It's like it's, and it's just what I mean by that is there's just more things that are accessible to you, like a grocery store that in Harlem, produce. <laughs> so. You know, yeah. when I when I when I used to live in New York, you know, uh, it, like Times Square was like horrible, and I loved it. I felt right at home. You know, <laughs> I would rent like a weekly on Ninth Avenue, hit a bathroom down the hall, and go, "This is good." And um, in Times Square was horrible. Harlem was challenged, but now they're like both great neighborhoods. Where did all Where did all the cool people go? Um, I think they're in Arizona. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't they send them to New Jersey? <laughs> I think they're in Arizona. <laughs> you know, it's like quite a few people here from New York. Yeah, there are. There are. I mean, it used to be when you came through the Holland Tunnel coming from New Jersey, there were nude women standing in the tunnel. And I, and I asked somebody one time, I go, why are they nude? They said, well, they're prostitutes. And they want to show you that they're not men. That was my New York. Oh, <laughs> That was, that was the New York that I knew. Then in the early 2000s, I took my daughter back for a Broadway experience. And I went, it was safer than Disneyland, and it still is for the most part. So I want to know where all of my friends went. And you're saying they moved out here. I think so. Yeah, they're out here. They're, in, they're retiring, or they're just, they want a better quality of life. It's, it's rough. It's expensive. New York is so expensive just to have, like, space. That's why that people are crazy there. You know, I don't know why I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it I can barely turn around in my apartment. It, it is ungodly expensive. The uh, the apartments are small, but the minute you hit the street, there is like something to do. You know, and yeah. uh, uh, my wife and I were talking. We were in New York a, a couple of few months ago, and uh, she she said to me, she goes, you know what? She goes, I could I could live here. And we were actually thinking about, all right, how can we get a place here? You know, and I go, I could live here too. Then I stopped her and go, yeah, we could live here like this. We could live here like you know, get up late, go to a coffee house, actually read all of the New York Times, go to a museum, you know, walk down Ninth Avenue and go, all right, this restaurant. I said, but if the minute we had to get on a subway and go, we got to be there by nine or they're firing me, that's the other New York that I don't think I could handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always something to do, but as you get older, you don't always want something to do. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Speak you know, I'm yep. at a place where I'm like, I don't want nothing. I'm good. <laughs> you know, I, I, like when I walk outside my door, it's always action. I'm like, I just woke up. Why is this guy trying to sell me his socks right now? I just woke up. I'm not ready. I I can't be engaged with this. (laughs) You know, so I've been there for quite some time now. I've been there for about a good 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
I'm I'm a New Yorker now. Uh, I'm, a, I'm I'm a, I've got that a little bit of that edge. I lose it though when I come to places like Arizona or when I go home back to Chicago. It's nice. I go back up on kindness. You know, it's true. You come here, and it's like you know. I lived in L.A. for thirty years, and and, and so that meant I drove. I drove with with blood in my eye, you know. And uh, I lived in New York for a long time, so you know. I I, I left. I always left. The, the, I walked out the front door homicidal, and then you come here, and you're nice for all. But as soon as I go back, it kicks back in. As soon as it yeah, kick, yeah. As, as soon as I hit New York, I, I flip up the collar of my jacket. I put a cigarette in the side of my mouth. I haven't smoked in fifteen years. Give me a cigarette. <laughs> And I start walking. I start walking down the street. Unfortunately, I start walking down the street, and I start getting that John Travolta walk. So I still get beat up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's yeah, no, you can see the change on the plane. Yeah. Yes. New York. It's funny. You you go anywhere else. People are patient on the plane. When the pilot says, "Wait till we land," keep your seatbelts on. Don't get up until we get to the gate. When you get on any plane going to New York City, you can always tell the New Yorkers because they're already on. Unbuckling their seatbelt, they're already standing up. The plane hasn't even landed yet. <laughs> now, so you, what are you doing? You mentioned earlier in the podcast you were living with a boyfriend in Harlem. Are you still? Are you still? Are you still single? No, I don't live with a boyfriend in um, where he lived, and then uh, I lived in Harlem. I was using him for his location. Oh, <laughs> I am. Yeah, he lived on Fifteenth Street in, uh, which is like. I guess I forget what that area is called, but it's like 15th Street off of First Avenue. And then, yeah, no, I live in Harlem. I've always lived in Harlem by myself. But yeah, no, I'm single. That's Are you still doing the cougar thing? No, no, no. The cougar thing, cougar, it's exhausting. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, it sounds all nice and stuff, but it, cougaring is not all as cracked up to be. And these guys don't ever take now. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I felt like I was starting to age with him. And then they talk, you know, that talking. And they talk. <laughs> the things they say just makes you want to punch a wall. <laughs> like, ah, oh, are you talking about high school? <laughs> high school. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, no, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that anymore. It's, it's too much. And then, and then the, you're talking about this. I was dating... This generation of, of 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 age that I can't even mention because he was that much younger than me, but it was it, it was it tried me because they, they they're too sensitive. It's that um, I got millennials. <laughs> you know, you, you know, um, I I went through a similar experience a number of years back. So I know now if someone thinks that like Pearl Jam is like classic rock, you go okay, that's probably a little well, that's oldies, isn't it? Nirvana, but what was was that a band? Uh, and also, oh, and, and they ask questions, you know, and you're going, all right, I can't answer. I'm just, I'm, I'm not your teacher. Yeah. So, uh, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I would try to play, uh, I guess, before we would have one of our sessions or sex, <laughs> I would try to play uh, the Isley Brothers and stuff. And he was like, is this a commercial? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Isley Brothers, man. You Great. Know, Great tunes, Twist and Shout, before the Beatles. A lot of people don't know it. <laughs> yeah, it's like your your whole life doesn't mean anything to them because they're so much younger. They, so, yeah, I couldn't do that. I need to talk to someone who understands arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> someone who could go, you remember when we used to be able to stay out this one? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm a kid, do that. I need someone who I can have that conversation and they know... 
like my existence like matters like what I, the music that I love they love it too I need that so yeah you need no, someone no more, no more you need someone who will not freak out when you when you first wake up and make your morning noises yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah one time he did say he was like he said there's some sound that's coming out of you it's just like a cake <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I look young, and then I don't sound young. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what happens is I, I get them because I, I age well. I just age, you know, they don't know. I'm black. You'll never know. <laughs> were you like like an old Twilight Zone episode where you're like sucking the life out of the young ones so you stayed young forever? Or is it a, did you like put a spider in their forehead where they were asleep and it took all their energy? <laughs> right. Right. No, I'm just being black. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> hey, so this is your first time, uh, you know, and I know you're standing on the hot sun, so I don't want to, I don't want to uh, make you uncomfortable. But we, uh, the the issue is, we've just enjoyed speaking with you so much, and we could go on and on. You are at uh, our good friend Rick Bronson's club tonight, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Uh, for folks who are listening and want to know how to be able to uh, see this uh, very talented comedian just go to uh, just put house of comedy in google or put house of comedy.net it'll pop right up uh, we also have ticket links here at comedy schools radio.com and our other website comedy schools.com you're two shows tonight right yeah i have two shows tonight two shows tomorrow and one show on sunday doing so the show on sunday come out. okay yeah. who uh, do you know who's on the bill with you who's on the show with you do you know um billy i you know what i don't i'm not good with irish me. guy a new york guy Yes. Billy O'Connor. Billy O'Connor, who I absolutely adore. And EJ, non, never stop or something like that, nonstop. We, we don't know them, but Billy O'Connor is uh, not only um, a very funny guy, someone that we book a lot, that we use in a lot of the stuff that we produce. Oh, I love him. He's also a great author. He wrote a great book, Confessions of a Bronx Bookie. He's also a good personal friend and a friend of the shows. Please tell Billy that we said hello. Oh, I absolutely adore him. He he's like my cup of tea. Well, you guys, not you hear that? So now we got to go down there. We got to go down there this weekend, even though uh, for some of us it's a long trek from where our domiciles are, and we don't like to go out past six. Right. Look, I'm 61. It, I, you know, it, 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 at the end of this podcast, I go, all right, time to go to bed. But um, uh, <laughs> we're coming. We're going to come down and see you guys. Uh, she's at Rick Bronson's house of comedy. It's her first time in Arizona. I would check her out now. And by the way, if you PM me on my personal Facebook page, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, and can get back past all the anti-Trump rhetoric, I might be able to get you a couple free tickets. <laughs> yeah, oh, tell me if you think this was too mean. Uh, I put on my uh, Facebook the other day that Trump Care is now going to cut uh, funding for uh, to, to the disabled because they want people to be able to stand on their own two feet, even if they have no feet. Oh, that's funny. I <laughs> so like that. I think that that, you know what, I think that that was a fair statement, you know. But um, people don't appreciate your writing, Tony. Yeah, no, they don't. They, don't, they, don't, get my, they don't get my art, man. Right, yeah. Okay, I'm an artist, okay, <laughs> fucker? <laughs> All right, Marina, we're, we're starting to have an interfamily argument here, and you don't want to be here for that. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for going out onto the balcony so that we'll be able to hear you clearly. Uh, this will be posted up later on too so people were able to listen to it live be able to download it later plus we're going to flood social media telling people about your show because they should go out and see you thank you very much no thank you and shake a dang dang that's where my app alright we'll talk to you later bye bye okay bye bye 
Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, uh, there's two things that I, I enjoy. Well, several things I enjoy doing with comedians. When it's uh, traveling comics who are either calling in or coming in, especially with their old friends, we get caught up. But the exciting part for me, uh, maybe even a little more exciting, is uh, when we discover a new comic and go, oh, look, this person is good. How come we don't know who this person is? You know, and I watched uh, I watched some of her sets. Um, you should go out and see her. Marina, uh, Marina Franklin. Yeah, she sounds like did I say it right? Show. Marina Franklin. Yeah, yeah I did. Uh-huh.